Hello everyone, I'm Lauren, uh, my pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm 24, born on February 14th, and yeah, A I'm Valentine's an Aquarius. baby. Oh, I'm also an Aquarius. <laughs> Ooh, yes. January 27th. Yes, love it. You're like right in there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I'm V Aquarius. Yeah. yeah. What's your moon? I am a Leo moon. Okay. I'm a Capricorn moon and a Libra rising. I'm an Aquarius rising. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, we recently interviewed Joshua Hurtado. Um, he works at night at the LGBT Center. He helps at risk of being homeless youth find housing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I thought it'd be cool to talk about, um, in the beginning of your episode, how you went about becoming a certified volunteer at the LGBT Center. Yeah. Um, well, it all kind of started just like with my interests and I kind of just let those kind of take guidance of my own life. Um, so I started out at a new position um, within the legislature and one of my issue areas was LGBT issues. And so I really dove into that as much as I could. So I got involved in almost everything that I could. Um, and the LGBT center was one that's really stood out to me and I felt very welcomed. Um, so I just, I, I involved myself in almost anything that I could, anything that they were doing, I wanted to be a part of just to show my support and my ally, like, you know, I, I love the community that we belong in and I wanted to be able to uplift and do my part with what I could. And so, um, I recently became a Senator ambassador, which helped give tours to, um, incoming people that are wanting to like tour the center or kind of see their mission or kind of see what, what goes on at the center, all the amazing work that goes into their, like bringing outsiders in and kind of sharing that with everybody. It was kind of really something that I'm looking forward to, but with the state of the world right now, we kind of postpone that, but, um, <laughs> you know, so it was just kind of, uh, something that I really found interest in and that I really wanted to divulge myself into and really just be a part of so I did everything that I could and um yeah so I got as a center ambassador and then also um I just kind of would just go to everything I'm also doing um Be Brave BU which is the Sac City Unified School District they go and uh, kind of have like a small get-together for LGBTQ youth and they bring them all to the center and we do like this whole long day of just like embracing and inclusivity and we do different workshops and we just kind of allow these kids these space to like really be themselves and to be proud of who they are and to be brave to be who they are and it kind of is like a really inclusive environment to where they feel uplifted and they feel welcomed and they feel appreciated and they feel validated. Um, Can you tell us more about the process? How you went about becoming an ambassador? Yeah so the process was just like I got really involved in almost all of their events and I just wanted to show my support just where my position was and to make sure that they felt supported with what I was doing and what they were doing. And so I just everything that they were doing, I just got super involved in and I was almost doing like everything um, like any time that they had an event, I would always go and kind of just be there and be supportive. Um, I'm also involved with the Gender Health Center quite frequently and the Stonewall campaign that they or the Stonewall Foundation that they have that help LGBT youth get scholarships and um, also the Sacramento Rainbow Chamber of Commerce I'm really involved in and then I also started writing for Outward too and kind of uplifting like the LGBT um, I specifically do a trans column and so I kind of just go about my experience and I'm also trying to bring in other experiences too because I know it's not just like a universal experience of being a trans person we might have someone that you could talk with for that Okay. That we interviewed yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to. I don't know how open he'd be to that. But well, we maybe, ask him. yeah. Yeah, if they feel comfortable, I'd love to. Yeah. 
He yeah. like walked us through like his entire transition yesterday. Really? Yeah. He's That's amazing. Four years in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever their like, comfortability is, mm-hmm. I'd love to speak mm-hmm. with them. Of course. That was like really yeah enlightening. Yeah. For us, because like, like I was telling him, it's like it's not something that we think about like it's not something that like especially like when you are cis like it's something that's not like ever talked about and Mm -hmm. you never really think about it and like being able to hear about it was really enlightening and really helped like my own empathy to like what people are going through in that process yeah shared experience is definitely one way to really like be like engaged with another person you know you never really know somebody's experience because you haven't lived it Mm -hmm. and having that person share that with you is a really special moment so yeah and that's something I was trying to tell Klaus about yesterday is that something I like really love about our podcast is like we're bringing people with like very different walks of life and like talking about their own like unique individual experiences which is like wonderful and you also are able to see like how in so many ways they're all human experiences and they're Mm -hmm. all very similar and like we all can relate in different ways and that it's like yeah we are all having our unique individual experiences but they're all connected and like I'm gonna get teary just talking about it because like that's like so incredible to me like I really love that that's something we're doing here yeah not to gush about our own podcast but like no but that's 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 amazing yeah I was like connection you know that's like what we're made for yeah that is what is important in life it's not like what you do here it's the impact that you make here Mm -hmm. like the connections you build and what you are able to bring with you completely yeah so if I want to volunteer at the LGBT center what is step one step one would be reaching out to their volunteer coordinator um I think the minimum that you can do is 10 10 hours a week um and that's just like strictly volunteer work you can go help out with like a bunch of different like they hold a lot of different like um safe spaces and like a lot of groups for people to go meet and folks to like kind of share their interests and share their um their kind of experiences with one another and really build that environment of like in like kind of involvement as well as like experience building and kind of just having that open space for each other and it's actually a really beautiful thing and I would very much suggest getting involved because it's really opened my eyes a lot just to be involved and just kind of to it feels like like you're coming to a space where you just feel completely at home you know it's like this place like you belong completely and people here are welcoming you and loving you and like just supporting you and wanting to uplift you and build you as well and it's like all of that is like intermingling with all one another and like everyone just feels so connected and it's just it's it's like home like you know our community is home to us and I think they take that very seriously there that is so important yeah, yeah. especially for so many people who might not have like family support exactly and they have to have like a family that they choose yeah like I can really see how important that would be yeah chosen family I think runs thicker than anything mm-hmm. that we can ever have completely for sure um do you want to talk about what you're doing politically right now okay yeah. yeah um so what we're doing politically like uh I work with um our local assembly member and so right now we're honestly um everything's kind of a blur besides coronavirus <laughs> um so pandemics kind of pandemics kind of take over <laughs> Um, before that we were kind of, uh, like I said, I was, uh, kind of planning the be brave, beautiful or be brave, be you, um, kind of thing with the center as well. And so like, I just kind of focus a lot on environment as well as cannabis policy and different things such as like LGBT issues. And I also do utilities as well. So I kind of have a little bit of versatility in almost everything. Um, but 
you know, no one's an expert in anything, but, you know, I tried to at least be knowledgeable about the things that I have my issues in and kind of be impactful in the areas that I can be. But I like to focus on things that I'm also passionate about. And environment is a really big thing for me. I was just about to say, I want to dive into the environment. One. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. like, I want to go into like conservationism. That's like yeah. totally my other. Yeah. For Allie. sure. I can't words today, man. <laughs> You're doing great, so good. But yeah, so right now um, I'm working on like a roundtable on waste reduction. Well, I will. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see when we get there. But on waste reduction. So um, we're kind of in the midst of 2020 is a big year for kind of um, kind of going towards the requirements that a bill was made um, in previous years. So AB 1082, we kind of mandated all of these requirements for people to have waste management reduction. So we're looking at more compost facilities. We're looking at recycling bins that actually recycle. And we're actually like the biggest thing I think we need to focus on is actual education. We need people to actually understand what they're putting in the trash as well as like where it goes what can be composted what can be recycled and what cannot what needs to absolutely be just in the trash and like as a landfill like facility we need more compost facilities as well we only have really like i want to say there's there's very minimal like very minimal composting and we're supposed to have like at least like the same amount of composting as we do as um, waste management right now do you want to know the difference between like our work dumpster versus like our food waste dumpster yes it's like a quarter of the size mm-hmm. the food waste dumpster is the quarter of the size of the actual dumpster which is yeah. insane to me yeah we're terrible people and our regular dumpster is always full and so we always just put everything in the food waste one as oh well but it's it's, <laughs> it's like me out. but that's like that's like the where education comes in too you know because it's like a lot of people are like like i even struggled with this like before like I like really divulged into what would be recyclable what would be compostable and what would be like you know just your basic waste and so um when I I did that I I realized that these things are not as solidified as we can be having them you know like it's very much you have to be going and looking for these educational things to like actually know what is going on like for instance like cardboard pizza boxes they're not recyclable no no and a lot of these things that we're doing as like a waste reduction like the like um kind of the takeaway carriers for food and stuff like that is just like all of these things can't actually be like recycled but they're being labeled as recyclable elements it's as soon as they get like food product right they Mm -hmm. become like not recyclable yeah anything that has oil emission or like anything like related to like anything like byproducts of food or like anything that like drains into paper that's no longer recyclable and so um that's like kind of the biggest focus right now is just education it's like a lot of people will just kind of put everything into the trash and like it's not always everything in the trash like a lot of things can be composted a lot of things can be recycled a lot of things can be you know just regular waste but I think it's the most important part is just kind of having that educational outlet of having people all be on the same page I think that's the biggest thing because even if you go to different states everything has a different bylaw everything like there's they're all different so like nothing. Or if you go to Roseville they'll separate it for you <laughs> exactly and that I think is a really good idea but also like it where's the public involvement you know like it, that separates us from being able to see the actual waste that we you know we create it's a really big thing to actually like be cognizant of what your waste is and like how much that you contribute to our waste our waste production and it's actually a really big thing you know so like just being cognizant I think is a big stressor of like how much that you create and how much waste that you product into like society and how that kind of correlates into everything that we're doing you know because like the big thing that they're worried about with the composting is the methane um, the methane emissions but it's like 
we have methane emissions and compost, but we have so much more in agriculture, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like people are so willing to have like their meat products, but knowing is willing to compost and composting will like, at least like, it's not a similar like kind of aspect or attribute that it how it would have with the agricultural system. The agricultural system is completely like, it, like it is our biggest byproduct of methane it is our bit, biggest byproduct of what is going into the ozone and what is like creating like this giant environmental instability that we're seeing. And so to have that be something that we really focus on and see like, well, do we really need all of these products? Like why, like, I don't know if y'all know about agriculture, but a lot of it is like, we have like at least 75% of our water goes to simply feeding our agricultural yes, supply. Yes, it does. Yes. We are literally like growing things and feeding things to go like feed them, eat them, and then continuing this cycle of just waste. And so a lot of the reasons that we're going into this deficit of environmental and like basically our water reduction and like everything that we're being put as like the blame for is basically going to big ag, you know? And so to have that be something that we really focus on, I think is going to be a really big change coming up if we actually decide to focus on that. But we have to all be on the same page. And so I think that's the biggest thing is just getting people more educated on their waste, getting people more educated on what they're actually doing in society, you know, and like what what their what their attributes are and what they contribute to, you know, everything that we're doing. I think is like the biggest thing. It's like making people aware of what's going on, you know, like everybody does trash, everybody has trash, you know, everybody eats, like, you know, like everybody does everything. So like just being cognizant of like your waste and like what you do in and what world. you eat. And what you eat, yeah. And like everything. Be cognizant of everything. All everything that you do, just be cognizant of, you know, because it's it it can get lost in translation sometimes. And I think people think, oh well, this is just one time. But if everybody has that mindset, you know, that adds up. And so to just be cognizant of that, I think is the biggest thing that we should focus on going forward. I think people also have the mindset of like at least from like my experience, it seems like a lot of people have the mindset of like oh, like, the big corporations are the ones that are, like, really, like, fucking us over. So it's, like, me using a reusable straw isn't going to make a difference. But mm-hmm. I think that it also, like, people don't realize that it's, like, but if we all are thinking that if way. If we all think that and way. And then if we're know? all also, like, like, putting more pressure on big corporations and if we're, mm-hmm. like, voting for these, like, bills that are going to, like, reduce things like that, like, yeah. that will make a difference. Yeah, and every every little thing makes a difference, you know? Mm-hmm. Every little thing makes a difference. And if we hold ourselves accountable, then we are more likely to hold the other big guys accountable as well. So if they see, like, systematic change within us, like, they have to comply. They have to follow the lead. And if we, the people, make that lead, then you kind of have to follow. Like, the 1% is the 1% for a reason, but what about the other 99 you know and where we spend our money and how we spend our money mm-hmm. i think also makes a huge yeah if we all point. stopped eating meat <laughs> by agriculture mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> do you eat meat are you vegetarian i'm vegan oh cool yeah I... i'm glad i got tofu thai food then <laughs> yeah. i was like i don't know if they're gonna eat but i also don't know if they're vegan <laughs> <laughs> right but i feel like it's 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 so much easier if it's like like kind of like again the education thing you know like a lot of people are like oh my god that be must be so hard you don't eat anything but it's like we've been so programmed to only eat those things mm-hmm. because you know the fda is like drink your milk drink your e- or eat your eggs you know eat that meat like that whole pyramid scheme mm-hmm. that actually does nothing <laughs> you know like the whole pyramid scheme is literally just a sham for us to be able to buy into all these big corporations but really like we're just spending so much money to just like you know just not be successful as like we could and it's literally like diminishing like our, our um our productivity 
And if we all kind of pitch in, you know, there's really nothing that can stop us. Do you yeah. want to hear something that triggers me every day at work? <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> okay, so by the door, there's like the recycling compost mm-hmm. bin. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Oh, yeah, it's filled with trash every day. <laughs> there's definitely trash mm-hmm. always in yeah. the compost bags. And I'm like, I don't have time to go through it and mm-hmm. sort it. If I did, I would, but it's too fast paced. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of work. I agree. Um, but I feel like if we are teaching mm-hmm. um, people on how to recycle correctly and um, compost correctly, then it could make a really big change. Um, we kind of do something like that at work, like grounds for your garden. That was like one idea that we really adapted with. Um, and then just recycling like milk jugs, rinsing them and recycling mm-hmm. them. We go through so many. It's insane. Like, I think in a normal day, at least 45 jugs is normal. That's a lot. I know. You're like just that in 2%. Yeah. Really? But we're a busier store. Yeah. And open a lot longer. Yeah, and open longer. Yeah. Talk to me about um, what the grounds for... Grounds for your garden. Yeah. Okay, so basically, um, green coffee giant, we won't say where we actually work. Um, we have. We have, but it's always like blanked out or well, deleted. Like saying positive things about the company. I guess so, yeah. Okay, so basically, <laughs> Starbucks has this thing called the Greener Apron Course, um, and it's all about sustainability. And you learn about um, climate change and the negative effects and you learn about coffee agriculture and they teach you about grafting. They dive in deep more into like just being sustainable and how Starbucks does its part. Mm-hmm. Um, like cafe practices, that's one thing where um, in order for you to be a farm that we get coffee from, you have to meet certain requirements. Yeah, all our coffee is certified. Okay. As like more environmentally friendly. I don't remember the exact term. It, it also is like... Um, you can't be giving money to a drug lord yeah. to protect you. <laughs> Things like that. Yes. Like they will help you with those situations. Yeah. And they also help with like uh, access to clean water and education. Um, from and the com- then, from the countries that are um, kind of. Pro- from the coffee production. belt specifically. Yeah. So yeah. the coffee belt is like a certain region close to the equator where coffee can actually grow. It has to be at like a certain elevation in order for it to be a certain quality. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we only serve the higher quality coffee. There's Arabica versus. Um, Robusta. <laughs> yeah. Robusta is going to be like Folgers coffee. Okay. No, no. Folgers is 100% Arabica. I've Googled it twice. Really? Yeah, because I was like, what What's is the difference? this? So Arabica is going to be a higher quality um, bean, and it's going to give you more like, um, I always compare it to like fine wine, because <laughs> coffee does have different flavor notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could affect, you can like change those based on like if you age the beans, if they're like dried a certain way, um, the processing method, the all of it. There's all kinds of things that play into it. It's really neat. Um, but back to the sustainability part, um, that's where I like mentioned the grounds for your garden, which mm-hmm. is um, every like 50 espresso beverages, our drawer, and em- like we need to empty our drawer because it fills with the coffee grounds. grounds. Yeah. So we just dump those into like the big silver bags that we get our coffee delivered in to reuse them. Um, and then you could use the grounds for your garden to um, provide like more nitrates for yeah. the soil. It actually entices earthworms yeah. to come to your plants more. It's kind of cool. That is super cool. Yeah. Or if you have a worm bin, you can yeah. use it in there as well. Get your compost on. Yes. Get your coffee on all at the same time. Exactly. I wanted to try, this is a little off topic, but whatever. Maybe it can happen one day. 
Oh, she's in La La Land. Um, uh, a goal of mine last summer, <laughs> but I'm probably going to do it this summer, is to like talk to some of the community gardens and see if we can donate like grounds to them. I just never have gotten on to it, around to yeah, it. Yeah, um, there actually is a company in Sacramento. Um, I forget their name, but they actually do that. They go to restaurants, they gather their compost, and they actually inhibit it into the actual landfill, or not the landfills, but um, just like the different gardens around Sacramento. And they help like pen, like they help like kind of push back all of those um, into the gardens and help kind of nutrient nutrient. I can't speak either. Create nutrient-dense <laughs> um, environment. Nutrient-dense environment, of, yes. And they help kind of inhibit all of those, um, just like your local gardens within Sacramento, they definitely give back all of that. And it's really it's really good to see because, like, we need more of that, you know. We need more people going out and composting. We need, like, actual, like, facilities that compost. And, like, just to be able to see that actually implemented within your own backyard is, like, a really amazing thing to see. And I think if people were able to see that, like, actual production, like it would be more likely that people would go on and like do that themselves as well like see that that work implemented and be able to reflect and be like that i I helped do that you know like people need that incentive (laughs) yeah Yeah. to like see that they actually had an effect on something Mm -hmm. it also that i feel like that really helps propel you into something new and exciting yeah and if you feel like you're involved in it like of course you're going to do more of it right Yes. yes sustainability is cool yeah sustainability, sustainability is so cool we love it mm-hmm. yeah it's like it's a passion of mine for sure i think you know like our our generation definitely is very much agree- like we're gonna have to deal with all of the implementation that we need and in order for our planet to survive in order for us to like create generations that to leave here you know like it's our it's our job and we have to start now we have to start now yeah like right we need, now. We need to start yesterday <laughs> yeah you like, know we, just, we, we need, need to, to start, start 20 years ago yeah we need we to are. start like we need to start so long ago but you know like we, we can only do so much now and now, now that we're cognizant of that and now that we're wanting to push towards that we need to like implement these things and like we need to make sure that all these guidelines and all these bylaws and all these laws that are all these bills that are being created that are meeting these requirements are actually being met you know a lot of the time like with the or ab 1082 and sb 54 are literally like all of these things are kind of they're they're being lagged on and we need to start holding like these waste management production and all of these people like and all these corporations actually accountable for what they're doing you know like they've known about this that that came out five years ago and we still are lagging on our compost facilities and our recycling facilities like yolo county does a really great job in their yellow food like the the food bank they have a waste management facility and they're like one of the only places in the sacramento area that actually do composting that's insane and there's only one more about what those laws were yeah i don't know what they are yeah so ab 1082 actually does um it holds like requirements for basically like up like having like your environmental sustainability kind of have requirements and have guidelines so like by 2020 we were supposed to have at least 75 percent composting um be in the state of california i think we're about 25 (laughs) yeah so 25 is better than zero that is yes yes (laughs) yes how many how many were we at five years ago when the law was implemented i am actually not sure okay um but there was growth at least there i'm hoping so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm hoping so but and like i said like we just need to hold like these spaces accountable for their waste management and make sure that we are also holding ourselves accountable too like if we can create compost facilities in our backyard we should do that Mm. you know like we can only do so much and we can all do so much if every little person like or every person does a little bit like 
that is still is like very impactful. Like I grew up in Washington. Um, I also was raised by hippies, so we <laughs> always had like a recycle bin, a trash, and a worm bin in the back. Yes. Like I've never not had that. And so like living in an apartment, I always was like, well, where? Did, like I don't know how to do it in mm-hmm. an apartment. I've always done it like growing up in a house, and so that was something that I kind of like gave up on. I'm not gonna lie, and like yeah. I felt really bad about it because I was like. I am supposed to be like very environmentally conscious, but I like don't do it in my own home. Yeah, but and that's so I'm like, how do you do it when you're in an apartment? Like, and so it's like figuring a food out those waste bin at the facility, which no apartment does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We and... don't even have a separate um, recycling bin here. Really? Yeah, it's just all one bin. What kind of archaic nightmare is this? <laughs> <laughs> but that's like kind of like the the systematic that we live in. You know, mm-hmm. the system that we live in is like very like uh, it's just it's kind of a quick pace. You know, like, what can we do now, right now, right now, right now, right now? You know, like, it's not like thinking about the future. It's right now. But I think we have to be looking at the future. We have to be looking at now. And we have to be looking at the past as well to see where we can go from here. And I think that's the most important part is, like, being being aware, you know? Like, we need to have more facilities that are willing to go to these places to collect the compost so we can help build our nation to be a better, like, environmentally, like, friendly you know, environment. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we only have one planet, you know? So we have to treat her well. Do you want to talk at all about, like, recycling and the problems with, like, China not buying cardboard and stuff as much now? Do you know anything about that or, like, feel so, confident? <laughs> My favorite thing on this podcast is when I make our guest an expert on, like, whatever I decide to ask a question on. <laughs> so. so it's actually kind of sad. So, like, what we're doing instead of um, going to China now with our, our byproduct waste is we're uh, actually moving them into India, and India has an in, in, um, incinerator. And so what they're doing is they're collecting all of our waste, and they're incinerating it, and it's actually creating a very unstable environment for people to live in. So people are now, like, coming out with cancer. People are coming out with all of these new, like, pre like like existing conditions, not pre-existing, just existing conditions that people are now coming forward with because of all this waste being... Um, taken into the air and like literally incinerated and having people breathe all these fumes and those are things that we like put in our recycling bin right and Mm -hmm. then instead of being bought by china they're going to india and then just being incinerated yeah that sucks so yeah so all like everything that is like our byproduct is going to be going over there from like you know to Mm -hmm. just be like collected and to have our waste be taken out of our our areas because you know like of course we see like like a lot of like debris and everything but it's nothing compared to what is in the third world countries that we're using as a trash can and it's very sad to see or the trash pile in the pacific or yeah the, or the giant gyre yeah. of plastic in the middle of the ocean that's the size of texas mm-hmm. yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, it's, it's... My grandpa volunteers at the Monterey Bay Aquarium, so every time I visit him, which is, like, every, th- like, couple months, <laughs> I, like, spend a day there, and, like, I spend so much time, like, hearing them talk about their, like, the plastic issues and stuff like that, that yeah. every time I leave, I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> like... It's serious. I'm like, oh, traumatized. Yeah. People eat 2% of plastic, like, with 2% of plastic is in our bodies now, because, like, literally, like, what is happening is, like, people are creating, like, th- there's no way to get rid of it. You know, plastic is forever. Plastic is a fossil fuel. Plastic is the excrement of literally, like, oil and everything gas-related. Like, literally, you take gas out of the out of the ground. You make it into, like, something that you can use for fuel as, as, like, you know, as we do for transportation. And then what happens after that, we have a little bit of waste. And that is what plastic is made out of. Yeah. And so there's literally no way to get rid of it. And so what we're doing is we're creating it so small. Like, we're literally 
literally like making it so small, so tiny, like literally fragment sized pieces, and it's going into uh, what like w- the food we eat. <laughs> like it's it going. It can't be filtered out of the water. It can't be, can't be filtered out of the water. It's going into the ground. It's going into everything. It's going into our lungs. Like it's going in everywhere. And so now, like like eventually, like we're going to if we don't stop, evolve into like plastic beings. You know, like we're just gonna continue to like grow into this evolution of where this is like just normal. And it's not, you know, like this is very dangerous the way that we have to live our lives. And so it's causing all of these, like all of these ailments and all of these diseases to be like, you know, flourishing within us because we, our immune systems are not able to compatibilize, you know, like we are carbon based, not plastic based, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just like it, the, the distinction is very much like a real element that we need to like very much focus on. I will not watch Wally because I feel like it's like our future <laughs> and it terrifies me. Like I like, I yeah. know it's supposed to be like a kid's Disney movie, but, but every so time real. I watch it, I'm like, this is where we're headed. It's and I'm so, so scared. It's so real. It's one so of my real. favorite movies. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But it's so real. Like, we shoot up trash in the space. Mm-hmm. Where's it going to go, man? Like, <laughs> it's going to eventually come down in a meteor That's and we're all going to die. Like, like, I also know? get so frustrated when people are like, oh, we'll just, like, find another planet. And I'm like, we fucked Where? up the first one. We don't get to go fuck up more. No, like, we should not be allowed done. to go anywhere. No, we're done. Like... I'm like, if we kill ourselves off on this planet, that just needs to be it. Like, yeah. we just have to, like, accept that we fucked up. That's like, it. That's all we get, man. That's all we get. Like, literally, there is no plan to be, you know? Mm-hmm. There's not. So we just have to be cognizant of what we're doing now and pushing forward into making a better tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Where You're... can somebody go for more resources on recycling in Sacramento? Um... Or, like, how to be more environmentally friendly? <sighs> on Waste Management's website, they have stuff available, right? Yeah, but Waste Management's limited. website is, is it's very limited. And that's yeah. where, like, another disconnect that we're having and, like, another, like, thing that we're, like, seeing is that that's a lack of education. That's kind of what I was talking about earlier is, like, we need more education on this. There's not enough. Nobody's on the same page about this. And, like, I don't think people are taking it as serious as it needs to be because waste reduction is a big, 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 big thing that we need to do and make sh- in order to make sure that our environment is sustainable because, you know, like, of course, like, everybody can – eat like a certain way but like it also depends on like how we're living as humans you know like the excrement that we create is it makes a detrimental effect by like everything that we leave here you know like how much waste can you leave here how much plastic do you go through a day like how much you know everything kind of adds up and I think everybody being cognizant of that is just uh, like the biggest thing but I do think we do have a lack of education a lack of resources available and I think honestly like all you have to go search for those things you know like a lot of local organizations they have like small little like pamphlets and stuff like that but nobody's actually sitting down and saying anything hmm. how can we ask for this <laughs> like how talk can you like talk to your government okay yeah. yeah reach out reach out to your local officials like demand it I like demand it in in, in, Put on in, your best Karen wig. Yes. <laughs> Go talk to somebody's manager. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Like, literally, like, that is the biggest thing. Like, we need constituents to, like, speak out about this and, like, literally come together because I'm, I'm sure people are feeling like this, but nobody's speaking about it, you know? Like, make that a, a, a topic of discussion. Like, what I'm are you? I'm the worst constituent. I don't want to talk to anybody ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We can write emails. She made me call in the order yeah. to get dinner tonight. Yeah. What? <laughs> I said she had me call in the order for dinner tonight. <laughs> like, I can't do it. I can't. Like, do she it. called me to say, Can you call and order dinner? <laughs> I don't handle that well. That's okay. For um, someone who started a podcast, have, I don't like calling house. people. <laughs> yes, that's okay. 
everybody has something that we can contribute right mm-hmm. and that's like you sharing your voice yes yeah. this website is really dated yeah we know that's part of the problem i'm on it right now for waste management um i'll share like a couple fun facts about random things that aren't recyclable um <laughs> just from work yeah. um melt caps straws um, any non-dairy container that has like a lining inside of it. Oh, mm-hmm. do we want to talk about nitro lids? Nitro lids. Okay, so Starbucks has strawless the lids, with lids the, the ones with the yeah. holes. Mm-hmm. People think that it is like, oh, you're just replacing plastic with more plastic. The plastic that is on the nitro lid is thicker and it is actually recyclable, while our regular lids that have a straw on it are not. They just get thrown away. Hmm. So people are like, oh, Starbucks is just replacing plastic with more plastic. It's like, no, it's a different type of plastic. And Starbucks is pushing to go strawless as well. Okay. Have we have we told our consumer? Consumer base? Uh, it's um, supposed to be completed by 2020. Ah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or is it 2020? Yeah. I think it's, it's 2020. 2020. Um, I don't know for sure. Well, I know that they're still going to... Like, you have to have straws accessible for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious as to what they're going to do with that. Um, and also frappuccinos. We're gonna always give straws for frappuccinos. Yeah, the thick, the yeah. thick blended beverage. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the thick, the thick, <laughs> she thick, that <laughs> thick. But that there thick are places, beverage. there are places like Santa Cruz where they have like the small plastic ban, and so like mm-hmm. they can't even give outlets. Yeah, like you have to like specifically request one. Yeah, and, and like they don't give out straws. You have to specifically request yeah. one. Yeah, and that's how all of California's to be is it really okay yeah. then we need to get on this shit so like dem- demand it right you have to ask yeah you, you're supposed to and that's a part of like um this like the laws that are being created but a lot of them aren't being actually implemented by small businesses or like actual corporations but you know that's another part of holding people accountable you know mm-hmm. yeah who do we email <laughs> your, your local <laughs> government <laughs> Start. I would say start local and then work okay. your way up as well as because like honestly like your local government makes the most impact on your actual daily day to day life. You know, like our Sacramento government, they make the most impact on how we live, and so I think that would be like the biggest impact because you know you can go to your senator, you can go to your assembly, or you can go to like your governor, but like all of them like kind of implement things throughout California. But if you go to your city or your local government, like they have the most impact on what we actually like are going to be able to see that direct change. I'll get those emails and I'll put them in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. I would like that. I'm yeah. On in. Yeah. What are your other passions? You listed so many I couldn't even keep up. I know. I feel like you I have like 12 about. fingers and 12 different pies. Yeah. <laughs> Faith's yeah. just like, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like that. Um, I'm, I'm very just passionate in like everything that has to do with like social justice as well. Um, so I, I like to spend a lot of my time making sure that everybody is like very much like feeling accepted. So that's like where I found like one of my passions was just in civil rights. And, um, I wanted to eventually be like a civil rights lawyer, but I realized that I found my passion in public service. And so I wanted to do that instead. And I felt like I could really make an impact there, um, versus, you know, being in court and, you know, fighting for just one singular thing at a time, which is still very important because those, those make impacts in the judiciary system and how we make our laws. But I wanted to be a part of like, you know, the lawmaking process as well. Um, and so, like, a lot of a lot of my kind of passions just stem from making sure that everyone is okay, you know? Like, I want to make sure everybody feels like they're living their life the way that they want to or the way that they're feeling that they need to and to make sure that that is accepted by everybody. And so, 
um, just inclusivity. That is like one of my biggest things. Like I just want to make sure everybody feels accepted and loved. And like this is all of our space. You know, we all have to share it. So everybody should feel like they are welcomed in this planet because nobody is an outsider. Nobody is an other. Everyone is just us. I love that. Yeah. Totally. You said you had a question. Yes. Can we talk about Trans Remembrance Day and what you did? Yeah. Because it makes me so excited. Oh, I'm so psyched because Faith is so psyched. Yes. <laughs> yes I'm so yeah. It's so humble. So uh, I would like to hear more about what you did. Brag um, about your accomplishments. This is the oh, place to do it. Yes. <laughs> oh, I That's don't know why how to we asked you. <laughs> um, so um, November 20th was a very um, important day. It was very, it was very monumentous and just in both the trans community as well as California and as well as the nation really because it just kind of symbolized our passion and our power as like a community you know and like so um I'm no- like pleading ignorance here I don't know what November 20th is November 20th is Trans Day Remembrance okay. which is a day that we gather um in within the trans community as well as our allies and as well as the community members that are like different branches above us but you know like I said we're all interconnected and we're all us um but so Trans Day of Remembrance is a day that we gather and we remember those that we have lost by discrimination or hate crimes or just, you know, violence that we face as a trans community. And so we just kind of gather. There's usually vigils for those that we've lost in our 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 our, our journey, you know. And so um, it was a very monumentous day. Um, 2019 was the first time that we ever flew an actual LGBT fr- pride flag at the Capitol. And so... I thought, you know, this is a perfect time to go fly a trans flag as well. And so um, when I saw that San Francisco had done it for their um, city council and they had raised um, a trans flag at their city council establishment, I thought, why can't we do that at the Capitol to show like our community even more support that they so well deserve, you know? And so it took a lot a lot of kind of pulling strings (laughs) and talking to everyone and to like you know um i think honestly the hardest part was finding the flags um like like it it really was because like honestly nobody had a big ass trans flag and not even amazon had a trans flag that was big enough to fly so yeah so um so what i like i kind of just got involvement by uh the senate democratic caucus and uh faith here got the pro tem to be on our side as well and so we just kind of Hold all that we could to make sure that our community felt support and um, I reached out to all of our existing organizations within Sacramento I reached out to Equality California I reached out to the LGBT Center I reached out to the Gender Health Center I reached out to um, even the organizers that did it in San Francisco that were able to do the trans flag there I reached out to them to see their process I reached out to the LGBTQ caucus of California I reached out to even Governor Newsom's office and eventually we were able to raise the flag at both City Hall of Sacramento as well as the State Capitol of California. And this is a really big thing because it's never been, trans flag has never been raised at a national um, landmark before or a Capitol building anywhere in the nation. That is incredible. And you should be so proud of yourself. You should brag <laughs> about this to anybody who gives to you everyone. half a chance. It's not, it's, it's not for me, though. It's for us, you know? Yeah. Like, it's still really beautiful. You know, like it, it was just. Our community faced so much hardships. Like I wanted them to feel the support, is, like a, a support at the highest level possible. Mm-hmm. And for Governor Newsom to get this information to say, of course, imagine that impact that it would have on our community. You know, like they're having 
the governor of California being supportive of them, like of us, you know, it really makes an impact. And I feel like it can really just kind of shed some light on the rest of the world as well to be like, you know, like this is the light we need to follow because this is what is right. And this is what should be. And this is what is accepting. And this is just like the movement that we're going into, you know, everybody I think feels displaced right now, but I think to have that support really shows that we can be interconnected and we can be together and we can be supporting one another without hate, without, you know, anything that is disruptive, just love, love, acceptance and guidance. That's really all it takes. Yeah. What do you think is the best way for our allies to support trans people? Um, I think the biggest way to support trans people is to not allow us to be your source of education, to go out and reach out to your own sources and to kind of like understand from an outsider's perspective before bombarding us with questions, Mm -hmm. you know, like be like, well, well, what do you do here? Like, you know, like, (laughs) well, what is that? You know, like, no, like, I don't, I don't want to have to explain myself everywhere I go. So like, I think the best thing is being an ally is to already educate yourself on the issues and to kind of see where we're coming from before coming at us, Mm -hmm. you know? I think also, like, inclusive language is very important. So, like, when introducing yourself, even as an ally, always use your pronouns because it makes a space for us to be able to use our pronouns as well and to have that be, like, an acceptable thing and it not to be uncomfortable for us to share. Mm-hmm. And also not to, like, just assume, you know? Like, never assume, like, always use inclusive language. Like, I, I try to use y'all or all or us or, like, hey, everyone, you know, like, hi, friends. <laughs> like, you know, whatever you can do. Like, little things, they make a big difference. Awesome. No, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that we are good. Um, we have one last question. Okay. It's the question. The question. The question. The question. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, well, first, is there anything you wanted to add? Is there any, like, last-minute things? Anything um, you want to plug? Yeah. Civic engagement, y'all. Get involved. Get out there. This This is your world. Come on. Let's do it. That's it. Mm-hmm. all right beautiful <laughs> cool. i love it all right are you ready all right so on be my beard it wouldn't be be my beard without us asking um who your who or what your beard was um so i'll just go over the definition because okay. we do with every episode we changed it yes a little bit we, we just we broadened i mean you know what a, a beard is usually right yeah okay cool so we don't need to go over that <laughs> we've said it enough times already so um, Be My Beard podcast version of Beard is who or what helped you become comfortable with the best version of you? Hmm. Wow. <sighs> it's a big question, we know. Take your time. Yeah. Take all the time no you rush. need. We can edit that out. Okay. I would have to say that it's been like differently like fragmented throughout my life, but I think the most consistent person that has held me accountable for myself is myself. Like, I've just, like, I've continuously been authentic for myself and wanted more for who I am. But I think, like, honestly, like, that was kind of the biggest struggle for a long time was just to be myself. But I think, like, I found that at a very young age. And to kind of come out of that and to continuously evolve (laughs) and be more authentic and just, like, keep myself just to who I am, I think was the biggest impact that I ever could have made. Ooh, I love that. That's a great answer. I know. (laughs) All right. That's it for this episode. Well, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Yes. Would you like to be our next guest? Email us at bemybeardpodcast at gmail.com. 
Give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube and let us know what you'd like to hear. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Theme by the marvelous Wayne Jetski. We'd also like to give a special thanks to Miles Mitchell, our lovely editor. All rights reserved. We would like to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on this journey. Follow your heart. And be the best you can be. Thank <laughs> you.